0: Welcome to another episode
1: of Dying for Midnight, DFM. Be mindful of your surroundings while tuning in. There might be a fellow listener, and they're a
2: lot closer than you think.
1: actually a good idea. <laughs> Welcome everyone to this Friday before Christmas. We've arrived at the very last episode of season one. We're just going to take a quick moment to just say thank you on behalf of myself and Carrie, our two kids, Zombie Toots and Ghostly Puppers, and Jake the Midnight Traveler. Um, just thank you. Thank you for sticking with us thank you for the listens and the downloads Uh, we're just going to end the season the way we began it by saying we may not know everybody that's listening in but we love you we appreciate your support and um, we hope you have a wonderful end of the new year we are ending this season with a modern hammer film a hammer film that sounds really creepy on paper a 2019 hammer film that is a holiday film technically Well, anyways, welcome to episode 45, appropriately called A Heavy Hammer Christmas. And of course, if you've watched this film we're about to chat about, or have read about it, you know we're talking about how cults can really, and I mean really, destroy lives. Isn't this a fun Christmas topic? Of course. So please know, guys, that in this episode, um, we're talking a very hubby. We're talking hubbies. We're talking a heavy subject matter. A really fucked up hubby. That uh, includes the effects of extreme religion. We're talking cults. I mean, really extreme religion. Again, guys, serious subject matter around the dangers of mental sickness, too. Did I mention cults? Um, We are talking in episode 45, The Lodge. Let's go ahead and roll that trailer and get into movie morsels. Carrie, I I do love holiday horror movies, but would you call this more of like an A24 psychological movie than horror?
3: I mean, this is on par with Hereditary and Midsommar, and in some ways, way bleaker than both those films.
1: I do love the John Carpenter nods in this movie, and it's not just the fact that our characters are watching the thing, um, but the setting is very John Carpenter-esque and it's got some paranoia.
3: Yeah, you know how dark it was. I I really wanted to see a, the prequel instead, you know, where our main female lead as a little girl in the cult. It may not have been as upsetting as this subject matter was.
1: Uh-oh, folks, the the stewardess is back. <laughs>
4: So, how would you feel about going to the mountains for Christmas with Grace? She really wants to get to know you guys.
0: That's our mom's hat.
2: Oh, I'm sorry.
4: You okay? I don't want to leave you here with the kids if you're not feeling
0: up to it. Uh, I'm feeling fine. It was my idea, and it's a couple days. I can do a couple days.
4: Okay, guys, I'm off. Have fun.
0: What is that?
2: It's Christ.
0: Everyone committed suicide except for her. Repent and you will find salvation.
3: Guys! Things are very uncomfortable between us. And we're stuck in a house together.
0: No sense. What? I heard something. Repent. Repent your sins.
3: Hello? Did you do that?
0: We didn't do anything. We're leaving. What are you talking about? Look outside. (laughs) We're stuck here.
1: guys carrie what what did you think about that i i've got some thoughts about that trailer compared to what we experienced in the lodge <laughs> well we we actually watched the trailer after we watched the movie
3: now i was really able to see Thorn oakenshield i didn't pick that <laughs> i didn't pick that up at all when i was watching the movie so Great to see that I realized it was him. Um, The trailer adds a supernatural element to it that may or may not be there.
1: Yeah, it is great to see Hammer coming out with stuff. I mean, I know this one's like four years old now. But um, when you first watch this trailer and the movie, of course, you're going to see that great Hammer logo. It's great seeing that one. Um, I feel like any movie that's going to be done by Hammer it's at least going to have some kind of entertaining element to it with the modern hammer horror movies, guys, it's looking like we're, we're, how could you possibly expect it to be like a seventies hammer movie? It's just not just pure modern technology is not going to allow it to have that same kind of pulpy feel to it. But, um, you know, it, the trailer it doesn't lead anything on which i do like but it makes it come across as a completely different movie in yeah. my mind um it does show that prequel moment that we'll get into a little bit later after the spoilers um that you wanted to see and i'll i'll touch on that moment in the movie later um the movie makes it seem like there's a cult out here um <laughs> the trailer includes a Robert Ebert quote, which is actually quite, cri- cri- oh, Christ. <laughs> Maybe, Christ. <laughs> it's quite accurate. <laughs> Jesus, save me. It is the type of horror that rattles you. Repent, Carrie, repent. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it is shocking. I mean, guys, be if you haven't seen this, just be prepared. Um, I will tell you that it's a good movie, but it is for... Obvious reasons upon watching it is not, probably not going to get a lot of rewatch from you. It's not going to be in our <laughs> Christmas rotation. No. Happy holidays. Not to make it light of a serious no. subject. and it is it's a just, serious subject. It's just not going to be like putting on Christmas Evil or Don't Open to Christmas where you're at least going to get a chuckle like, Oh my God, this thing's sleazy. Look at this. Oh, thing. I can't
3: believe that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: not going to have that goofy element, that slasher element that we all love that, you know, you know what you're getting when you're putting on something like Christmas evil or Gingerbread, jerome Gerald ginger, ginger dead man. But, uh, we're going to go right along, um, to, uh, the poster and tagline for this heavy hammer film, there's four posters for this thing, at least. It's hard to tell sometimes because, believe it or not, there's fan-made posters for The Lodge. <laughs> I feel like if you, well, we have we won't get into spoilers quite, quite yeah. yet. Yeah. Um, but I've got some thoughts about an alternate poster. <laughs> but uh, anyways, the the one that I love um, is, before I watched this movie, is the black one. You could Google image this, guys where we got our main lead female character and the two kids looking out the window together. However, after viewing, I've changed my mind on the favorite poster, and it's got to be the one with our main character here where she's got the the light of the cross shining on her face and the nosebleed. And obviously the theming and that nosebleed itself are both important. Um, the nosebleed part you won't necessarily it until you watch the movie so carrie what about you what's your favorite poster
3: so my favorite poster before i watched the movie it it was the original one you're talking about in the windows with the two kids and the the main lead um but after watching it i really like the one where she's out in the snow and she comes across this like outpost where nobody's there um and it almost looks like she, it, and it looks like a cross, and she's, yeah, she's like almost on bended knee praying to it. I mean,
1: yeah. And we didn't talk alternate taglines a whole lot about this one, but mine would be grab your things, pack your bags, head out to the woods for a getaway, and leave your sanity behind. That's, that's my a, alternate That's a good one. Yeah. What um, about you? <laughs>
3: Can you survive the cold with nothing but a backpack?
1: (laughs) Yours is a very literal interpretation of this movie. Wait a minute. She's got a blanket on her. It's not just a backpack, right? Oh, well, no, she doesn't have a backpack because, you know. No, she does. But not later in the movie, she doesn't. She's no. traversing the snow. Well, anyways, guys, um, where to stream this one, Mailwolf, Thank you. He's in a very uh, good holiday mood, a good holiday spirit here. Um, he's telling me Max subscription, and it's slim pickings. The streaming. Oh, and there. Okay, so Jake, the Midnight Traveler, informed the Mailwolf that you, if you've got the uh, voodoo. You should be able to, uh, or excuse me, the I'm Roku. Right My bad, that You should be able to stream this as well. Um, Mailwolf's physical media and ordering guide. Mailwolf, what do you got for us? Okay. Uh, yeah. The DVD. You can get a brand new DVD for twelve bucks, uh, give or take a dollar, and the Blu-ray for fifteen. If you're a big dark heavy suicide loving
3: self harming person <laughs>
1: harming well not we don't want them to be a self-harming no. person if you're into that sort of thing um and you just can't get enough or you want to complete your hammer collection if you updated. have ice in your veins <laughs> literally or figuratively if you got ice in your veins, you got bigger problems in the lodge. <laughs> uh, or you could get the brand new uh, Blu-ray. You can find a deal for twelve bucks if you look hard enough on eBay. But uh, guys, that brings us to the uh, spoiler warning. Carrie, take it away.
3: Welcome to the DFM Spoilers Incline. If you haven't watched this week's film or aren't a spoiler hound, you may want to skip this ride. For defense? everyone else, welcome aboard. Please take a seat. Reminder to passengers, as we descend, we ask that you not feed the ghouls or hounds of hell. Enjoy the nightmarish landscape by moonlight as we descend 6,666 eons of brimstone. You now have arrived at your final destination. Spoilers ahead. You were warned. For more information on what an incline is, Google that shit. Now comes DFM's very own Jake the Midnight Traveler. No,
4: he's an emotional support mail Case and Carrie, don't start what you can't finish. Or, man, this sequel to Clueless sure was dark. Happy holidays one more time from Jake the Midnight Traveler. As the presents have already been opened, a wrapping paper has been strewn about the house, And the embers on the fire are slowly but surely fading as the sun sinks slowly in the west. And there are dead bodies everywhere. (laughs) Yep, it's officially the end of Dying for Midnight's inaugural holiday hellscape as we close with another slow burn from the recently resurrected Hammer films. That's the good news. The not-so-bad-but-could-be-better news is that this one, to me, is a lot more slow than Burn, and could have been more than it ultimately was. So without further ado, let's go into 2019's The Lodge. The last of the homework assignments for me when assembling this season was this little flick that completely passed me by and was something I had to make sure I saw before throwing my thoughts to the masses. So with my trusty Roku TV, I pulled this up one quiet afternoon and let the story play out before me. I was pleasantly shocked to see the Hammer Films Company pop up in the beginning, so my hopes for it went up a bit. I had no prior knowledge of this film whatsoever, so much like the winter setting of the film's plot itself, I was going into this ice cold. Long story short, a man tells his ex-wife during the exchange of their kids that he's planning to remarry. The ex-wife doesn't take it too well and subsequently blows her brains out. And it's Alicia Silverstone! (laughs) Wow. This 90s kid had a lot to process there, but I immediately noticed the pattern... Here, that is also shared with Hereditary and Midsomar, which is put a big shock early in the film to rattle the audience and then commence with the slow burn. This familiarity didn't sit too well with me, but I was still very much on board with where it was going. Cut to a little bit later, the hubby has remarried to a younger bride and his pubescent kids aren't too happy with said new bride. You see, Daddy met her through researching an extremist cult, and his new bride was the sole survivor of said cult. Now, I don't know what you might consider to be red flags, but I think that this one might be the reddest red flag in the history of known existence. But then again, I guess you don't have to worry about in-laws? Playing the new bride is Riley Keough, an actress who has apparently been in a lot of recent films that I like, but I couldn't really remember her being in any of them. Uh, I'm not saying that she's a bad actress. I guess she just didn't really stand out to me. Wait, take that back. She was damn good in The Devil all the time, now that I think about it. That was a good role. But here, she has to play this with an extremely understated way, given the story. And she does a pretty good job as does the rest of the cast but this is where it really loses steam the newlyweds and the two kids abscond to a remote cabin in the mountains for the christmas holiday and when the father has to head back to civilization for a r- work request the kids decide to mess with the new mom the gist of it here is that the audience is wondering if what is happening is real or is it a play from the kids I knew it was a ploy pretty darn quick, which killed a lot of the wonder for me. It just wasn't ambiguous enough, so when the reveal came that the kids were behind it, I kind of thought, huh, okay. And I was also kind of rooting for the crazy mother at this point. Put it bluntly, I think those kids deserved it for messing with her. All that she was really guilty of was falling in love with their dad. So what I found here was something that didn't really do too much for me by the feature's end. Bummer. Still, I appreciate what it tried to do, and the performances from the entire cast were top-notch, but there wasn't really anything unique about it. It was too similar to too many other recent horror hits, and for that, I Don't think I will keep this on my holiday horror list moving forward. Well, that's all I got for this one here, folks. I can't thank all of you enough for listening, and especially you, Case and Carrie, for kicking this whole thing off. I can't believe that we've made it through an entire year of correspondence, and I can't wait to do more of it in the new year. Thank you for keeping me on your Christmas list and I will see you soon. There are many midnights to come in 2024 and I still got a lot of traveling to do. See you next midnight, Jake.
1: All right, guys, Jake, I really appreciate that. I'm glad that you dropped the clueless uh, reference right out of the gate um guys like we've warned you you're riding that spoilers incline if you haven't watched this one pause again this is like a final warning here but alicia silverstone we'll get into deaths a little bit later but holy smokes that was a jaw-dropping moment um we talked about the suicide uh earlier and in fact alicia silverstone's character the mom Puts a gun in her mouth and pulls a trigger, and we were—I f- was floored. Uh, I was at, like I could not believe I just saw that. I was jarred. Yeah. Jarring, floored, shocked, mouths agape. But, um, yeah, and and he—you know, Jake agrees with us. You think of this as an a four movie right away. Yes, we'll get into this in a little bit. It does become a little formulaic with these a four films, and the same goes for its cousin here in The Lodge. Um, there are some choices that people make that we'll get into a little bit, but let's talk, uh, first, uh, Jake, lovey man. Hope you have a great Christmas. Um, miss you brother creator, cast and character notables. Um, we've got Severin Fiala and Veronica Franz co-directed this. And I actually wanted to make sure I mentioned this when they were filming this. Um, this is not the movie they would originally intended to make as filming went along, certain things happened and they just started taking it in a direction that they didn't originally intend. I would like to know what that original ending was supposed to be like. So maybe you guys can Google that and and look that one up. But, and and again, we're talking a lot of Alicia Silverstone in this movie and, and rightfully so um, for somebody who only lasts, maybe not even past the 15 minute mark. um, It was all the deaths and there are not that many. They're all impactful here. Um, and hers is probably, again, the most jarring. Alicia Silverstone, her most recent horror was that Shutter original perpetrator about the teenage girls, the school, bad shit goes down around town. Carrie, you already dropped the Thorin Oakenshield reference for the dad for the Hobbit movies. We love Thorin Oakenshield and absolutely despise his dad character here. So he did a very good job being mind-numbingly stupid selfish questionable insensitive um and the list goes on Jaden martell who plays thorian oakenshield's son and the, the brother who's named aiden was in that knives out movie uh in the it remake and i didn't realize this until i was um researching Jaden martell but he's in an upcoming remake of the lost boys um we've got leah uh, excuse me leah McHugh as mia You might have seen her in that Marvel's movie, The Internal, a sprite, and of course we've got our main character, Grace. Um, She had a role, Jake mentioned her, in uh, Mad Max Fury Road, Logan Lucky. She's been in some stuff that we've all liked. It Comes at Night is more straightforward horror, but it's got that darker, morose tone like The Lodge. You want to talk about another depressing movie? This woman loves depressing movies. She was in The Devil All the Time, oh, as she mentioned earlier.
3: So. That, that was depressing. Good, dep- but depressing.
1: Exactly. Well, guys, hey, listen, we're keeping it lean and mean this episode, or at least I'm going to try to learn from my lessons here. Um, so anyways, it's intermission time. Guys, you're going to want to stick around, listen to the two trailers. Um, we'll kick off segment two horror, et cetera, where we promise to pick up the positivity in the second half of today's Christmas episode. And uh yeah, stick around. Uh Carrie, I'm really interested to see what you uh picked. Uh I mean, I, this movie, I'm never gonna see Alicia Silverstone in the same way again. Uh, the next time someone says um to that person that you resent, Oh, here's a family heirloom, and it's a weapon. Proceed to wait to take said weapon far away from them or simply run the hell out of there. I mean, even a necklace can be used as a garrote. Watch out for those heirlooms in a horror movie. Bad shit happens when heirlooms are used to represent death. All right, here we go. Hey, ladies. Hi. Hey. Oh, it's Katie. <laughs> Katie. Wait, wave hi to the camera, Katie. Hey, Christy, you want to say hi? Come on, give it, give, give us a wave here, Christy.
3: <laughs> Whatever happened to us when we were little? I don't remember anything.
4: Whoever it was, it thrived on fear. The more we paid attention to it, the worse it got. Okay, I think
2: it's time. Remember the rules? Yes. Say Bloody Mary three times. Okay, turn off lights. Okay, you ready? Bloody, Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Bloody, Bloody Mary. Mary. Bloody Bloody Mary. Mary.
4: test to see if her head matched the body.
3: Hey, Dad is calling to see where you and Mom are and if you're coming.
4: Worst case, they come on Friday and everyone goes home and has a really nice break. After all, we can't let you live here.
0: You do know about the sisters, don't you? That they you worship know. the devil. Is there something wrong?
2: Why are you doing this?
4: Do you believe in God, Joan? Ever tried to look for him? I look for him in the unlikely things that happen. Little coincidences.
2: Deedle, deedle. funny you smiled a little funny no why I mean I just wish you could stay and see my performance that's all
1: all right guys we are back for segment two horror etc Carrie You're responsible for the first pairing. What did you
3: pick? I am. I chose paranormal activity three. You have the children in danger, only then it's the grandmother in charge of them. And you have all these things that are happening that can't be fully explained. Um, it, It seems like there's a fine line between things happening supernaturally and psychosis in the lodge where she can't find her meds. And then you have the son admitting that to having a dream. So they're both having nightmares. And again, cult factor in paranormal activity three, in addition to the lodge.
1: Yeah, the the bloody Mary scene in that and the fact that the boyfriend is the videographer only um adds to the 80s nostalgia and the creep factor of this film. So yeah, I mean it's yeah, the the grandmother's like Coven, satanic coven. That one works really well for me, and I'm glad you picked that because of this movie, The Lodge. You need to cleanse your palate with something that's a little bit more straight-up creepy and entertaining. Like, I could see that working really well. Where it's like, whew, man, that was heavy. Let's let's watch these little girls and get just straight-up creeped out instead of just depressed, <laughs> right? Um, and that that movie's got a fun factor to it. I like Paranormal Activity 3. I actually think it's the best paranormal activity out of all of them. Even I even think it's better than the original.
3: Uh, I I agree with you.
1: So um I yeah, of course that leaves me. I picked uh, A24's Black Coat's daughter. Um we've got a double dose in my double feature with the winter setting, the slow burn, the small cast, um there's the kind of like the containment factor where everything happens in one area. Um, the Black Coat's Daughter is a little on the depressing side as well, but not to the extent of this one. No. I would put the Black Coat's Daughter after the Lodge. Anything can go after the Lodge. Yeah. pick up your mood. Even the Black Coat's Daughter, which again is, again, you're going for the straight up creep factor. So I would go one part Jesus Christ, one part Satan. <laughs> My double feature, and it's appropriate because The Lodge is a cousin to A24 films. So, now guys, um, that brings us to our what the hell moment.
4: What What the hell? What the hell? What the hell
1: is that? Um, reminder, folks, we've been off the spoiler incline for a while, so with that being said. Um, as I said before, I'm going with Alicia Silverstone's death is the what the hell moment. She finds out that her, uh, soon to be ex-husband is not just divorcing, but he's quickly getting remarried. She's upset. And you thought, okay, she's going to come home and drink some wine. Nope. She sits down casually and puts a gun in her mouth and proceeds to pull the trigger. And our mouths were wide open. I was in disbelief. Uh, when I was researching this movie prior to watching, I thought, okay, she's a small character, she's gonna be the normal part of the family. Carrie, to your point about like the prequel thing, um, you know, maybe she shows up at the end or comes to save them in the third act. If this was a more straightforward surviving occult movie, um, I never would have thought that she wouldn't have made it past the fir- first 15 minutes of the movie. Or if she didn't, I didn't think it was going to be a suicide. I thought, oh, the cult's still out there and they're going to get all parts of this family.
3: That, that, that was jarring. Yeah. I, I, mean, per, per, I mean, there were so many what-the-hell moments in this film. But the one I'm going with is when the doll went into the fishing hole and the daughter went to save the doll, the girlfriend tells her to stop goes to retrieve it, falls in, and then the father saves the girlfriend. But the kid is so concerned that she grabs the doll and doesn't care. I questioned at that moment if Alicia Silverstone's character attached her essence to the doll. The ice didn't just crack slowly. It was as if there was a ton of pressure put on that ice in that moment.
1: There are some honorable mention what the hell moments. I mean, there's a ton to pick from specifically around <clears throat> asshole dad's choices. Like, oh, you know, you ditched a great life for someone in a cult. Now we don't know anything about Alicia's character. But I've got to imagine it couldn't have been that bad. Like, what, maybe she's a workaholic. Or maybe um she was falling out of love with her. Yeah, but like the one that takes the cake for both of us, I think, um, is showing her the family heirloom. The Revolver. <laughs> hey, Dad, bet you wouldn't give that to her if you knew she was hiding pills behind her back or, you know, that um, she was from a crazed cult. But, oh, wait, no, you did know she was from a crazed cult, and you left her alone with your children the first time that they're willing to meet her. It was your first mistake. It was the biggest mistake. It was a deadly mistake. Anyways, yeah, guys, this, this guy, he's not getting... Thorne Oakenshield isn't getting the world's greatest dad coffee mugs. Okay. Um, that brings us to favorite death or effect, guys. Um, there's not, again, there's not a lot of death in this movie in terms of our small cast of characters and this broken family. I'm actually going to go with the found footage style um, moment of this movie. And it is, it is sort of an effect just with the camera work. Um, when we see our main character as a little girl, that prequel again that you speak of, Carrie, as she discovers the bodies of the cult members, she's thinking back to her time. Um, we've got the suicide death of Alicia Silverstone characters, a sudden jaw dropping Joel. Um, it's realistic as hell, but I've got to go with a favorite moment, I guess, um, which is the nod to the found footage. Um, really, speaking of found footage, this movie. Kind of starts off with that sinister research moment. Like our characters go to the internet. I. I mean, I guess if this movie was like 30 years ago, they would go to the library and say, "Oh, something weird's happening. What happened in this lodge? What happened with this woman that we know nothing about?" Ooh, these articles that we're looking through. It's like that moment where Helen and Candyman goes to the library and goes through the old articles. I love that moment in horror movies where we, the audience, know something is wrong, but the characters haven't yet, and then when they do their research, it's the the foreboding and the creep factor, and they say, oh, our worst fears are realized. There's something seriously wrong here, and then somebody walks in. What's going on? Oh, nothing. I've just... Well, no, just looking up some things on the computer and meanwhile their mind are like, we're screwed.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I
1: just love a movie when their characters uncover something and, and then and then we start seeing that the oh shit, we're in it. <laughs> we're in it yeah. thick.
3: <laughs> I mean, to, to that point, I mean, I do love a good unravel. I do love that twist and everything that, that comes with that. Um and I feel like that dollhouse that's in the initial beginning of the movie, in yeah. the end of the movie, it plays a part.
1: This movie is hinting yeah. at something supernatural.
3: Yeah, but it never actually goes
1: there. It never fully goes there. It's like, okay, she's off her pills. She's sleepwalking. She's seeing these things in her mind. She's having these
3: nightmares. So
1: visions. And then she's like waking up in another location. Yeah, yeah. Um, shame on the kids for playing the trick on here. I mean, that's, that really, they should not have done that. Look, they earned their death for sure.
3: Yeah. Bad move. Anyways, guys. So my favorite death though, is actually the father.
1: (laughs) He deserved it too. He
3: deserved it. He earned it. He earned it. You shouldn't have left your kids alone with this person for the first time for days.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Days. Yeah, I mean, it feels like the what-the-hell moments are tied directly to the deaths in this. Yeah. It's like, no, nobody, no person in their right mind is going to leave their kids in this situation. I was
3: really hoping that he was going so, to save the kids Yeah. at that moment, but he hesitated. He hesitated. And boom, you're dead.
1: Well, guys, that brings us to uh, the end of segment one. Um Carrie, what are you rating this movie?
3: So for reasons, I, I th- this movie was good. The acting was good. The setting was good. The first half of the movie was much, much better. I wanted to see a little more of Alicia Silverstone's character. I mean, we got to see a snippet of the video gift that they were going to give to the father, but I still wanted to see a little bit more, even if it was her as a ghost or her as some kind of supernatural. I wanted to see more yeah. of that. Um I was a little disappointed. I I went into this movie, it was hammer. I went into this thinking, oh great, it's gonna have that hammer feel, even though it was gonna be modernized. Well, for me, it's a three out of five.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um I feel like that's appropriate. I, I think because of the setting and the performances i probably liked it just a shade more than you did i'm giving it a three and a half out of five uh the movie started out with that again that formulaic a24s like holy shit alicia silverstone just killed herself and then it starts kind of like we start learning a little bit more about this woman and the cult It's like this is getting creepy i'm kind of digging this the settings adding to it the performances are great And then they start making dumber and dumber decisions and the kids get in on the stupidity and then it starts unraveling for me. And it's like by the last half hour or third of this film, it's kind of like, hey, uh, what did you expect given all of your stupid choices? I think a lot of people out there from what I've seen on other reviews and stuff probably like this one a little bit more than we did. It's good. It's a good movie. It's not great for us. It's not terrible. Uh, Guys, that brings us to an official FM rating for our last episode of season one of 3.25 out of 5 flamethrowers for the lodge. Does this movie carry land on your top five kind of cabin in the woods, or lodge, or cottage, or a friend's place? I'm not accepting tent as living quarters unless it's like an honorable mention. So all that being said, is this in a top five list for you?
3: No, not at all. Not at
1: all. So what is your top five? So
3: my number five is the night house. That was a really well done movie.
1: I feel like you're cheating because there's kind of two locations. if you haven't watched that, folks, there's like two locations in that. And that's a really important
3: note yeah, to make. It is. That that was that was a really good you want to talk about psychological and effects.
1: And losing your mind. Yeah. 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 That's a good one. Is is the nighthouse A 24 I can't remember. I can't remember. I don't think it is. But it was really well done. I would call it elevated horror because you know I only watch elevated horror. I only <laughs> yeah. hate gatekeeping. I don't like no, gatekeeping. No. No. Anyways, go ahead. What's so, your number 4? So,
3: number 4, Misery. Yeah. Misery. I love that movie. I love the fact um when she, you know, it's set in isolation and oh my god, when she takes a typewriter. Oh, yeah. That that's just oh
1: What about number three?
3: So my number three, and this is a really, really fun movie.
1: You and I actually ended up with the same pick here for number three.
3: Cabin in the Woods. And I love that Sigourney Weaver has a small part in his. I love that Chris Hemsworth is in this. I I love the fun characters, the twists of the characters that they're not playing themselves.
1: What about number two?
3: So my favorite, Friday the 13th, part two.
1: Wait a second. That's number two, you mean?
3: Yeah, but part two
1: is my favorite of the Friday Thirteenth. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one. That one has multiple cabins. Yep. Um and Hillbilly. Yeah, that's my favorite Friday yeah. too. What about number one?
3: Um, so number one, it shouldn't be a surprise if you've listened to some of our earlier episodes. Um, you'll know my favorite franchise. Evil Dead.
1: So the original, original in yeah, 1988. Okay. Um, do you have any honorable mentions? I do. So I'm going to honorable
3: mention The Evil Dead Rise.
1: <laughs> Is honorable mention <laughs> a verb now, Carrie? I'm going to honorable mention the shit out of this movie. <laughs>
3: I'm making it. Um, just because the opening scene, it's shot in New Zealand, made to look American, which it did not, but it was a good try. And this was another fun one. The Babysitter Killer Queen. I enjoyed the first Babysitter movie
1: more, but but this was a fun one. Sames. Um, No, I mean, it doesn't. Look, The Lodge is a good movie. It might be the only movie this season where I say it's good. Like, we have some ones where I say it's very good. We have some ones I say a couple that we'll talk about soon that are (laughs) still entertaining in a very odd way but still not a good movie the lodge if you asked me for a top 20 list i would probably put it in there but it just doesn't do it for me in terms of tops tops cabin in the woods or getaway horror um pumpkin is driving me nuts this episode she's over here fixating on herself um if you know what i mean and i think you do (laughs) but um no, I i will tell you what, I'm going with the Liv Tyler getaway. And they get they just get engaged in this movie, don't they too? Which
3: it's a surprise at the end. He's planning on proposing to her and in the very last scene, okay, the I didn't feel like such
1: a strong reaction to that. <laughs> okay, Carrie. Well, sorry, I'm not like the resident the strangers expert here. Apparently you are. Holy shit. <laughs> I you would have thought I stole her lunch money the way I just like oops, sorry, I didn't get the exact details of the strangers correctly. Well listen, you should be proud Pit scene Pivotal. Pivotal. I think Liv Taylor I was about to say Elizabeth Taylor. I swear to the, there's a horror oh. movie. Okay. Um <laughs> I'm not gonna go there. Number four. Number four is Cabin Fever with a friend from Boy Meets World. And you guys know what really gross and unexpected scene that I'm uh, thinking about right now. Uh, If you know what I mean, and I think you do. (laughs) Number three, I carry you and I shared this again. The cabin in the woods, lots of famous faces. I know you love Sigourney Weaver's moments in that movie. Number two, I actually went with an Evil Dead, but... My favorite Evil Dead is Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn, Dead by Dawn, Dead by Dawn, and just the Linda, Deadite, Chainsaw, like, dancing scene alone. um, I just love that one.
3: Is that your favorite, Linda?
1: (laughs) I love each of the three Lindas for different reasons. (laughs) One, because of a necklace. The other one, what is it, Jodie Foster, or not Jodie Foster, uh, what is her name, the short hair pixied one from... uh, Come on, what's that other one? There's another third Linda I can't think of. Anyways, yeah. Carrie, you're the evil debt expert and you can't I, even I think of it. I can't
3: remember that. off the top. I listen, I'm disappointed. It's, it's late.
1: Oh listen, she sits here and chastises me she for the stranger's single, trivia. She
3: was in single white female.
1: Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um but I, yeah. I
3: can see the face.
1: My number one of zombie toots took the xylophone so i can't get on you and hit that xylophone right now so number one is friday the 13th part two that's my favorite cabin in the woods horror movie um honorable mention to the bloody private parts in antichrist which is a cabin getaway um sexual violence uh demonic psychological mind melt of uh, uh, I feel like Antichrist would pair well with The Lighthouse that's all yeah. i gonna say oh yeah and honorable mention if I had a top 10 list I would probably put this one on it is Hush
3: that was a very enjoyable one
1: yeah that's a good one Um, they used sound yes. editing in that one really well really well Um, now it's time for our random or not so random topic of the week we are going to be talking our season one year end review and we're going to stop not stop we're gonna start with i'm wanting to tell pumpkin to stop over there maybe you can get her to stop while i'm going on um pumpkin of course she had to be on our last episode of the season so that means what that means guys um out of the 45 episodes that we've done for season one um we had a lot of movies that fell kind of like the lodge did this episode in the um Carrie is going over to get Pumpkin to stop doing her obsessive licking. Um, so we've had a lot of movies that were like between three and four. That was the hunk of our movies. Um, but th- what this mean is we had five movies that we scored at least a 4.25 out of five. So starting with number five, we had episode 35, the Crystal Lake Massacre trilogy, where we cover the 84 timeline of parts two, 3D and final chapter and maybe we're cheating a little bit this one it's a statistical anomaly because jake rated it with us but um we rated part two a (laughs) 4.33 four and a third stars i want to see somebody dice that star into a third um out of five number four highest rated movie was um episode 10 where we talked army of darkness and ash versus evil dead that was a combo episode um army of darkness got four and a half out of five stars number three episode 28 we talked an american werewolf in london uh that was a part of our taste of the uk month so that got that wasn't flamethrowers that month they got four and a half out of five medieval pentacles um number two episode 41 dawn of the dead um that got four and a half out of five stars really werewolf and dawn either one of those could have been fives but only one movie took home the perfect rating from us this season and it was episode 27 where we talked gregory peck lee remick the oscar winning score what else the omen um again that was a big one out of taste of the uk month we gave it five out of five as it deserving so now let's move on to two movies that uh have earned our lowest ratings of the season there was a tie with episode 19, Ghost Keeper, and episode 22, Blood Beach, that received under three. They were both at about two and a half stars. Um, uh, Ghost Keeper, Jim Matcha Mach- Windigo that's not really a Windigo movie. Um, again, great setting, had some good moments, but it's just an average at best. Tack shelter movie that had the premise had promise. Um, the ghost keeper herself. Um, that was a good actress. That was a local Canadian, uh, theater actress. She was excellent in it. Yeah. She very, was. um, Mrs. Voorhees like in that movie. And then with blood beach, I mean, anytime you've got Rocky Balboa and Sergeant Roy go on an episode, it's going to be a good one. Um, <laughs> But yeah, again, both like two and a half out of out of five uh, flamethrowers on that one. Um, now we're going to talk, actually, our top five most popular, um, and when I say popular, I say most downloaded episodes. So DFM fam, thank you again for your support. Um, and again, that's top five episodes as of uh, the day that we recorded this, which is um, the 20th of December, 2023. This is absolutely going to change. It changes at least every week, sometimes two weeks. But uh, our number five most downloaded episode was our very first episode where we talked about the thing. And I'm really sorry. We're both sorry about the echo in that episode. We had like zero equipment, no sound paneling, didn't have a good recording space. And I, I know from time to time we're still dealing with sound issues. But for the most part, we are able to to get rid of it. Um, episode, uh, 35 came in at our number four most downloaded episode, the Crystal Lake Massacre trilogy I referenced earlier. That one exploded out of the gate. Um, it helped that Jake was on with us for over two and a half hours. So I'm not surprised that was one of our more popular ones.
3: Thank you for listening to that episode.
1: That was a deep, and I mean deep dive on all the characters, rating all the movies,
3: all the kills. talking
1: about all the kills. All the kills. All the settings. Uh, We even had fun questions like, "What would you? uh, What type of place would you stay in? What group of uh, what people from the different three movies would you pick as your group to be with you during that weekend? What would you do if you read about or you heard about the killings? A lot of cool ones. So if you're a big F13 fan." Um, And you haven't listened to that episode, I highly recommend, again, two and a half hours of nothing but Friday the 13th content. The heart of that franchise, uh, parts two, three, and four are fully, fully covered in that episode. Um, Number three. I was surprised by this one, uh, but it just had staying power. A lot of people that are just finding us are jumping to the Scream movies. And this one, I didn't think it would be this episode because we've covered all six Scream movies across three different episodes. And episode uh, four was our third or is our third uh, highest downloaded episode where we covered Screams four and five. So that was a good combo episode. Uh, Number two, speaking of Friday the 13th, in episode 34... Uh, we talked the original Friday the 13th. That's our second highest downloaded episode. So this is going to prove at least with our pod that franchises are popular. Um, number one, our number one, our most downloaded episode is episode 10. Uh, where we talk, tar- we talk <laughs> army of darkness <laughs> and case eventually later on in the season learns how to speak. Not really, because here we are. And Ash vs. Evil Dead. Um, two-thirds of us, Jake, and carry a huge Army of Darkness fans, so no surprise. That's one of our highest rated episodes. Um, if you guys, if you haven't checked that out, and you really enjoy not only of Army of Darkness and Ash versus Evil Dead, check out episodes 8 and 9 before it, too, if you haven't already, because we did a build-up um, where we went to the movies to see Evil Dead rise. So we cover all the Evil Dead movies except for the remake. We did not talk about the remake um, but we, if you're really into Ash versus Evil Dead, we talk about every season. We even rate the seasons, uh, every one. Um, that that was and again, fine. That yeah, was fine. again, we, it, we, it was good that we were hyped to see Evil Dead rise. So yeah, Army of Darkness, most popular, uh, and evil Ash versus Evil Dead. That's our most popular episode. Um, Carrie, let's talk about now, not just what are the highest rated or the most downloaded, but just what's your favorite? What are some of your favorite? So episodes?
3: I have a couple bonus episodes that are on my favorite list. Um, you know, bonus episode twenty and a half, the episode where we interviewed Kim Yates of Kim Cripps, Kim's Crypt. Um, that you know, that was up there. The experience, we, you know, five hour tour of all the attractions and our photo collage. I mean, that that was just amazing, and it was such a fun time.
1: Yeah, you could still check. We still have it up on our Insta, DFM Mailwolf two Ms. Um, I was surprised that you picked this next one. Yeah. Because I took it took you some convincing to watch. To to watch. It doesn't take you convincing <laughs> to watch it. You will yeah. watch it any old. Time. Oh yeah. <laughs> but to be able to get up and talk about it, you did a you did a solo bonus episode.
3: Yeah. Well, I you know me, I don't like to be the center yeah. of attention. Bonus episode
1: three point seven
3: five. The the kiss of the damn solo review for me. Um, it, I love that movie so much that I loved talking about it. Yeah. You know, I, I enjoyed coming up and with the ideas and the dissecting of the movie because I've never actually dissected yeah, that actually,
1: um, was our sixth most popular episode. So it's just right out. It kind of hovers some weeks. It's in our top five. Some weeks it's out, like as a new episode might come in. Um, or newer people are diving into the um, first parts of our catalog. But um, we need another Husky voiced Carrie solo episode. Are you willing to do like Daughters of Darkness or Only Lovers Left Alive? Or there's probably some other vampire flicks I haven't thought of yet.
3: Yeah. I mean, we can, we can do something. What
1: about, would you be willing to do a Husky Countess Dracula episode even? That that might
3: not be bad. Yeah.
1: Uh, Ingrid Pitt. Yeah. That would be a good one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, guys, if you're like really into vampires, if you have not watched the art house seventies throwback, Vampire Flick Kiss of the Damned, oh, definitely you, check that movie out. Check it out. If you, you're a huge you fan, you won't be disappointed. And then come back and listen to Carrie, where she sensually talks about uh <laughs> Paulo for most of that episode. <laughs> with, Why not? With plenty of uh This is us references. And wine. <laughs> Wine was involved, apparently. Um, what about, well, I know you have a couple more, right?
3: Yeah. So I actually thought episode 21, it was the one episode that we had a really good banter. Um, it was our beach party bonfire, blood month, Lost Boys episode. Oh, yeah,
1: episode 21. Yeah. That is a good one. That was a good one. Uh, um, I enjoyed that.
3: Else? Um, I enjoyed um Hellbender. When we were reviewing Hellbender, that was a good episode. Yeah. Um, but the one that surprised me the most, mm-hmm. the most, and sorry. Episode 14. We had a lot of fun reviewing the Living Dead at Manchester Morgue episode.
1: Yeah. So that's And I think
3: it shows.
1: That's actually a good segue um for me. That was a movie that uh our friend and head content contributor, Jake the Midnight Traveler, had uh, highly recommended to us never saw it i was like oh uk zombie movie because my zombie experience up until that point was like you know romero and then fulci and it's like okay that's what there is right um but that one hit us like a thunderbolt if you're a fan looking to expand beyond romero or fulci like i was and you haven't seen the living dead of the manchester morgue or Otherwise known as "Let Sleeping Corpses Lie" or otherwise known as Windows, which is odd. Um, please definitely check that movie out. Um, th- it actually beat Dawn of the Dead to the punch in being a co- uh, in color zombie movie. And this one has zombies that you have not seen before. And when I say that, I mean a zombie that that follows and stalks a woman across different landscapes, mm-hmm. um, different areas uh of the uk countryside and um then there's there's zombies that work that have like actual teamwork i don't want to give anything away but um and then of course there's like some 70s quirk in this movie and
3: then how it happens
1: yeah um and the some of the kills are (sighs) gnarly they are pretty brutal kills i would argue some of them even more brutal than the ones you find in dawn of the dead There is a nurse one that makes me wince every time I see it. And um, being from Western PA and Pittsburgh area, you know, um, you know, especially with like Return of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead. You're used to um, Romero or Nicotero or Savini um, naming the zombies or giving a nickname and uh, talked with some people that live near the area where they filmed uh, the U.K., in the UK, um Manchester Morgue and they did not give the zombies nicknames, but so we decided to take upon us uh on this episode of Naming the Zombies. Now here's something else what I really love. I mentioned the Ghost Keeper and I mentioned the Blood Beach. Um those were fun. Again, anything with John Saxon, we're gonna have more John Saxon in season two where we talk Nightmare Beach. Um, Umberto Lenzi for at least directed half that movie well anyways um i guess i've learned to rein in a bit with my digressions but i absolutely carries looking at me like no you haven't um i absolutely adore episode 24 where we talked with jake about his favorite werewolf film the howling um and then in that same episode dear listener if you haven't listened to that one, you get to hear us talk about the howling too um or what i like to call orgies behind the iron curtain <laughs> That was a two-hour-plus episode, too. Our second longest episode, I believe. Episode 35, of course, as I said, is our longest episode. The Crystal Lake Massacre Trilogy 2, 3D, and Final Chapter. Two and a half hours long. That was a lot of fun. I, whew, I had a lot of fun putting that guy together, but man, that was a lot. <laughs> episode 37, uh, I was glad we got to take take... Talk Jake's favorite zombie film, The Return of the Living Dead, and that AI that we use for the you need a medical training spot. Yeah, that was that was pretty funny. Um, now let's talk, guys. We have our um aliases that we use, which is I'm obviously creature and carries demonet. We have our openings where our little characters kind of give hints or nods to parts of the movie, um, or make little quips about the movie. So Carrie, what's your favorite creature and or um, demonet moment?
3: So my my favorite comes from Beach Party Bonfire's Blood Month. It is the Lost Boys episode. Okay. Um, You know, you have the waves crashing, creature drinking wine, a.k.a. blood, and then the rock surfer movie, you know,
1: the music. Yeah. Rock yeah. surfer movie. What? <laughs> the music. Yeah. We're getting a little tired, folks. Yeah. It's been a long week. um i'm actually gonna go this one's my favorite and i think we put we put a lot of thought into those openings sometimes we have more time than others to think up things but i'm going with episode 16 where we talked the descent we have demonet in a cave and you're looking for creature you hear the water dripping with the stalactites and stalagmites um then you, I mean, Demonette, stumbles on the cave monster. And we had some great sound effects in that one. Yeah, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. I, you know what about that episode, though? We had such fond memories of The Descent. And then we were watching we're like, it's not as good as we remember. It's not. That was one I of the biggest surprises yeah. of the season.
3: I loved that um, movie when we first watched it.
1: I When I went back on our episode guide to look at how we rated movies, I actually was surprised that something like Death Ship got a three from us it, it actually was i mean it is a notch above things like ghost keeper yeah, on beach yeah it's a story you can actually follow i keep thinking of the woman and the blood spurting out of the shower and death ship um yeah yeah anyways um man P- pumpkin's really agitated over there so um That's really agitating me now. (laughs) So anyways, guys, Carrie, why don't you wrap it up for us here?
3: Well, that about does it. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Dying for Midnight Podcast and being part of our little horror pod family. It's been a great experience. We're going to go away for the next six weeks and enjoy the holidays. Rest, recharge, but we'll be back for Season 2 on February 2nd.
1: Indeed. And I swear we didn't plan this. uh, But February, accidentally, I swear, this was not planned. It just fell this way. became like our unofficial Canadian tax shelter month. We're starting with episode 46 in Cronenberg Shivers. Then we've got the following week in episode 47, George C. Scott in The Changeling. Followed by, an episode 48, a Valentine's Day special. Wink, wink, Valentine's Day. And in episode 49, we're talking another horror movie in the snow. But this time, Carrie gets her snow slasher. We're going to talk curtains. Anyways, guys, you might hear from us on our socials over the next month and a half or so. Check us out. Again, on our socials, DFMMailwolf2Ms on X. Uh, it's still weird to call it X. Or Insta. Um... Or check us out on DimeForMidnight.com. There's going to be some updates to the website. We're going to add some of our bios on there and our favorite things. We're going to add our audiograms up there and our episode guides. So um, check that out over the winter. Uh, if we're feeling spunky, maybe we might do like a last-minute micro-review. I can't promise that, but if we feel like it, we'll we'll try. We're really trying to step away and recharge here. Um, and again, guys, on Behake... Behake... <laughs> See, you knew I was going to have one more flub up at least to end the season. Um, (laughs) On behalf of Jake the Midnight Traveler, the male wolf, Carrie, and myself, Zombie Toots and Ghostly Puppers, we love you. Thank you so much. Um, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, everybody. Um, And uh, beware of that full moon. Carrie, did you know there's a full moon coming on December 26th? Oh, no. (laughs) Is there a yeah, The
3: kids, and I mean all of the kids, there's act a, up, yeah. up and they get hyped up, and including the dog.
1: Yeah, there's a horror movie about a full moon during the holidays, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, that seems like a layup for a plot, yeah. right? Um,
3: Christmas Evil.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, anyways, no matter what you guys celebrate out there, just know we would never give you calls a gift. <laughs> Not even the kind people are using to brush their teeth or wash their body with. I tried that. It leaves a ring in the sinker shower. Carrie, why are you giving me that look? You know, oh wait, you know something? In the 19th and early 20th century, people were using coal to heat their homes. And uh, actually, sometimes kids got sticks, not just coal. I mean, are you encouraging your kids to be naughty by giving them sticks? Anyways, potatoes. Potatoes was another thing. I can't imagine potatoes like during the potato famine or the Great Depression.
3: Yeah, but potatoes is useful.
1: You know how Dutch and German kids were warned of Krampus coming to snatch them?
3: Yeah, what, what are you even talking about now?
1: Okay, well, it's the holidays and I'm talking holiday traditions. I'm going back to my Roman Catholic Italian holiday roots for a second now. Carrie, in Italy, you had to be very wary of La Buffina. There isn't just Krampus out there, Carrie. Krampus isn't the only anti-Santa. Christmas witch, La Bufina. She'd like to leave coal. Are you done? <laughs> Grilia is the La Bufina of Iceland. We need to talk more Icelandic holiday folklore on this pod. Just stop. Uh... Looks like I haven't learned my lesson. Anyways, Grilia had a nasty sidekick, the Yule Cat. Carrie, we've got to be wearing new clothing we received as a gift. On New Year's Eve, or the cat's coming for us. Like even the adults, it doesn't discriminate. The Yule cat doesn't just get the kids. Oh, and then and then Grilia and this Yule cat. Well, there's a husband, Grilia's husband, and their 13 kids. And now the legend has it.
2: Dollars was.
0: Hello, I'm Ronald Merrick and I'm here to invite you aboard our Starliner. Yes, it's true, day-to-day living becomes a luxury cruise when you've made your home at Starliner Tower Apartments. Although downtown Montreal is only 12 and a half minutes away, once you've crossed the Carrier Bridge to Starliner Island, the noise and the traffic of the city might as well be a million miles away. Leave your car in the tension of the city in a space reserved for you in our vast underground garage. If friends have followed you home, there's convenient parking for them on ground level. Invite them up to share the breathtaking view from your balcony or picture window. Gracious hospitality is easy in any Starliner apartment. They all come fully equipped with the most modern name-brand electrical appliances, and cable TV is standard too. Relax by the side of our heated Olympic-sized swimming pool and watch the St. Lawrence River flow by on its way to the sea. Exercise the fun way on our nine-hole golf course designed by international golf pros. Or, if tennis is your game, you won't have to wait for playing time on our multiple courts, day or night. Explore our island paradise, secure in the knowledge that it belongs to you and your fellow passengers alone. Cruise the seasons, the sun, and the stars without ever leaving the great ship Starliner. It's all here. A restaurant complete with takeout service, a variety store, delicatessen, boutique, drugstore, dry cleaning service. They're here to serve you. And don't forget our on-premises dental and medical clinics staffed by the world's finest professionals.